Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing Governess Gone Rogue by Laura Lee Girk. This was published in 2019 and is the third book in the Dear Lady True Love series. And we have reviewed the first two in the series and pretty much liked them. And I think this continues the trend. Yeah, it's interesting. We just finished reviewing um, the third book in the Palace of Rogues series. And similarly, like the first two books in that series are about people who actually work and own the Grand Palace on the Thames. And then the third book is sort of more tertiary. Mm -hmm. Like it happens in there, but it's not actually people related. And this is kind of the same. The first two books are about the authors of Dear Lady True Love. And this book is the first book in the series um, where it does come up. Like people are writing to True Love, but you're not actually seeing the inner workings of being an advice columnist. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. What I think is interesting about this one is that we, we actually have met Jamie before. We saw him, I think, in both of the previous two books. But if you hadn't... Until I read this book, I had no idea that he was going to be the romantic lead. It was interesting. Meg has a better memory for books than I do. But I think the first book, his uh, deceased wife, Pat, is mentioned a lot. She's already gone. Yes. But Pat's brother is the hero of the first book. And he thinks a lot about his sister and his father and the expectations of women in society in the context of his sister. So yes. I think it's interesting because in a way, I feel like prior to reading this book, I knew Jamie's deceased wife better than I knew Jamie as a character. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I just think it's a very interesting choice on Laura Lee Girk's part. Agree. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. So the jacket. Meg, you want to kick us off? Sure. Dear Lady True Love, my twin brother and I need a new mother. But Papa insists he'll never marry again. Must be nice brainy and fond of cats lady true love may be london's most famous advice columnist but james st Clair, the earl of kenyon knows his wild young sons need a tutor not a new mother they need a man tough enough to make his hellions toe the line and james is determined to find one miss amanda layton former school teacher and governess knows she has all the qualifications to be a tutor And while female tutors are unheard of, Amanda isn't about to lose the chance at her dream job because of pesky details like that. If Lord Kenyon insists on hiring a man, then she has only one option. Jamie isn't sure what to make of his new employee until he realizes the shocking truth. Beneath the ill-fitting suits, his boy's tutor is a woman, an unconventional, outspoken, thoroughly intriguing woman. Despite Amanda's deception, he can't dismiss her when his boys are learning so much. Yet Jamie, too, is learning surprising lessons about desire, seduction, and passionate second chances. I wish the last paragraph wasn't there. Yeah, I agree. It, ha- it should be a little bit different. It's not that it's wrong, it's that... I feel like the way the reveal of her disguise is done in the book is one of its more charming moments. I loved it. And I like seeing it reduced in a way in the summary, like I don't think does the book justice. Yeah. This. So 
I mean, we're not at tropes yet, but I feel like we know what they are. She's the governess. She's cross-dressing to get the job. He discovers she's a woman. I mean, honestly, these are not my favorite tropes. And the jacket doesn't do a good job of conveying how it's a little bit different than the, yep. the conventional way you would read it. Totally agree. So, well, as usual, we generated a random number between one and 50, and then we used that number to uh, write our own summaries. And when we say we write our own summaries based on that number, it means the summaries are composed of that many words. So here's my 26 word summary. University educated lady masquerades as a man to get a job working for hot MP father. How long will it take him to see through the act? I like your summary because it mirrors the book jacket and you'll see a trend when I read mine, but it doesn't like give away the reveal moment at all. Yeah. And that makes me like it more. Thank you. So mine. When you overhear an aristocrat saying a woman couldn't teach his sons, your only option is to cross-dress and prove him wrong. His hotness is immaterial. <laughs> I mean, that's what you tell yourself, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every night. I, I loved that. I actually love that part, too, where she kind of realizes that he's hot. I loved it. She spends a lot of time in denial about how hot he is, and I also love that. There are a lot of things that I loved about this book. <laughs> it's it's funny because I agree with you and I hadn't really thought of this. These are tropes and conceits that I usually hate. And to mm -hmm. add on to the other ones you mentioned, I mean, precocious children. Yup. Precocious <laughs> pranking children. Oh my God. These children are like the quintessential, you know, mischievous kids that you see in so many books. I'm not even talking about romance novels, but like mm. so many books that these are the kids. But I don't know, Laura Lee Kirk does a really good job with them. I, I, I don't think this is ever gonna be my favorite book just because it did have a lot to overcome for my personal preferences. But I thought everything in it was really well done. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, th these, are, these are common tropes and I think one of the things, I think part of the reason we don't like them is because they can be very problematic tropes. Mm -hmm. Even the fact of cross-dressing can be problematic because you always get that scene where the the man sees through it right away because, you know, whatever. What was it? Because their butt looks too good. Most of the time it's because their butt and hips look too good. Yep. Right. Um, although... Or most the, offensive of all, my dick just knows. Well, yeah. I've never been attracted to a man before, so I know it must be a woman. <laughs> uh, so there's the cross-dressing part. But then there's also the, the power differential between staff and employer. Um, which is which, one of our biggest pet peeves, usually. Mm -hmm. And then there are the poorly behaved children who most of the time are just plot devices, but they may have played that role here, but I felt that they went into actual character territory. So I liked it here. Let's see. Oh, trope. He is a reformed rogue, but he has been reformed because of his 
deceased wife, he doesn't reform for Amanda. Right. And in fact, Amanda makes him want to forget he reformed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. She is an evil former lover. Yeah. And that does come into play. But I feel like a lot of the time when... This isn't really a spoiler because it's revealed super early in the book. But if a woman was ruined and it wasn't because she was ruined and then he died, Mm -hmm. he's a bad dude who will show up again. He has to be evil. He has to be be present. Yes. I can think of, I can only think of like one that bucks that trend and it's um, never judge a lady by her cover. Yeah, but I don't think one exception means it's not true. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's the exception that proves the rule. Yes. Uh, We do get the moment where he finally sees her in a dress for the first time and it's like, oh my God, she's in a dress. He talks to her boobs for like a couple minutes, I feel like, in a way I didn't hate, which is weird. (laughs) In a way I didn't hate. Exactly. She made it. She made these tropes enjoyable. I yeah. Them. Um, she has a secret identity, and not just she's masquerading as a man. Even after her femininity is identified, she still isn't being fully honest about who she is. Yes. And I, I thought that this was going to be the main conflict. Me too. Her dishonesty, not other stuff and I was so happy that it was sidestepped yes so uh we do want to mention that there is some secret goodbye sex and just to clarify we talk about this all the time but I feel like it's important goodbye sex becomes secret goodbye sex when only one of the participants knows it is goodbye sex (laughs) We, we like this is now established, right? Well, there's there's goodbye sex, which is basically like the eagle eye cherry song, right? Like we've got tonight, yes. tonight, tomorrow, I'll be gone. Yes, right. But then we have the secret goodbye sex, which is one person is singing the song in their head to themselves, but and not the singing it out loud. The other usually thinks it's the beginning of something or the most intense and passionate night they've had. Yes, or both. Or both. Or both. All right. So, I mean, this book, we, I, I really like this book. I think Lane really liked it. Did you really like it? I did. Um, I think it's less in my wheelhouse than the earlier books in the series in terms of tropes I prefer, especially the first. And... I think it was weird because there was there really wasn't much sexual tension between them. Well, because he doesn't he really does not figure out that she's a woman until 50%, until halfway through the book. They're either apart like like literally he's not there. Right. Or he thinks she's a man. Right. And so like, for all that, I thought the story was great and the characters were great and I was very invested in them. To not have my main characters viewing each other, even as potential romantic prospects, let alone viable romantic prospects, for an entire half of the book was a little bit 
tough. And yes. there is only one kissing scene and one sex scene. I think they are both pretty hot, but ultimately this lacked some of the romance. And yeah. I don't mean that in the way, like we criticized a couple of books for that lately. I mean, like this very much felt more like his story of learning to love again, even as like a father, not just as yeah. a romantic partner and her story of coming to terms with her own past and like trying to take life into her own hands in a way more than it felt like their like very deep love story. Yeah. And that's, it's not a criticism. Like it was done super well. I think that's what it was meant to be. But I think this like is a four star and not a five star read for me just because it's not quite the like romance novel I, I've come to love. Yeah. This is a short book. There were only 18 chapters. So it's, it's really pretty short. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I would have wanted more because I felt like it was very tight and very well written. Well, it's not like I would have wanted sexual tension thrown into the She Was a Man sequence. Well, and I don't want, for example, I don't want them to be building up a relationship that's based on a lie. And right. then he gets really upset about the lie. The The way Laura Leagrick sidesteps that whole conflict, I thought was really well done. But then that means there's not much time. It, it would have had to be a post-conflict relationship building. Yes. And I well, don't and think even you can do that in a romance novel. The solution is something he comes to on his own and he doesn't decide for her. But like this does suffer from main characters are separated for some of the most pivotal emotional sequences. Yes. Yes, we've talked about, we've actually talked about that, about how we want the characters to be together for that third act conflict resolution and they are not it is a third act breakup it is but it's not an it's not a third act breakup that i hated it's a third act breakup that i believed sure sure sure. but it's still a third act breakup like that's all yeah it is okay so when we say that there's no sexual tension when we say he doesn't figure out that she's a man until 50 percent of the way through like truly he thinks that she's like a 17-year-old boy. precocious boy. Should, can we talk about how he discovers that she's a woman? Because it's amazing. Here's the thing. I would have said no, but the book jacket basically spoiled it. So whatever. It's, it's so good. It's so good. I don't know. I guess that there's a, it's a slight spoiler. So you, if you want to skip ahead 30 seconds, 60 seconds, you can. But... Poor Jamie is living in a house with basically only two servants because all the other servants are off with Torquil, if you remember in the first book. Or have quit. Or have quit because his boys are such hellions. And so he's got to dress really quickly for a dinner party. And he asks Amanda, who is masquerading as Adam, to valet him. And he basically could go into the bedroom and he basically just completely undresses. And Amanda is so embarrassed. And she can't tie his bow tie. And I loved it so much, Lane. I think that's what Laura Lee Girk does so well. There's a through line with ties <laughs> in the entire book. 
Yes. And I really liked the way it was used. Like, we talk a lot about how sex can be used to build character. And I feel like in this case, it was like these moments with these ties said so much about everyone's character. About every single, about every single person. Because Amanda can't tie them because she never learned. She's a woman. One of Jamie's sons teaches her how to do it. And he's great at it, not because his father taught him. But because one of the other servants taught him. And then when Jamie finds out that his son is better at tying a tie than Amanda, he's like kind of ashamed that he wasn't the one to teach his son how to do it. Oh, you're right. It was just like, it was really good. It and was like while Chekhov, she's trying to tie his tie is the moment he realizes. Yes. So it's all... It's like Chekhov's gun, where, you know, the gun, if you, a gun appears, it has to go off. It's Chekhov's tie. Like, but it's interesting because it goes off at the 50% mark, not at the end. Like, yeah. I just loved it. It was great. It was yeah. really good. She, she's just a very good writer. Yep. So Jamie's a widower. He was married to Torquil's sister, Pat, Lady Patricia. And you may recall her from the first book as the sister who loved science and wanted to be a doctor, but their father wouldn't let her go to college. And she sort of always resented that until she, in the ironic twist for someone who wanted to be a doctor, died in childbirth. Very sad. Yeah. And then Jamie, which, and again, I thought this was done really well. Jamie is living with his in-laws because he had such a terrible childhood. I thought it was really well done because it, it didn't get, it wasn't like one of those romance novels where you're like, okay, you're going to need a content warning for child abuse. Although that is his background and that does happen. There's no flashback to him getting beaten or anything like that. There's just these moments where you can see that he was really affected like when yes. Adam, when Adam is like, I can't go to my family. And he's like, what did they do? Did they beat you? Did they do this? And, and she's like, oh, like, like, no, it wasn't anything like that. But you, you, she feels, and we realized from that moment how he grew up. Yeah. I think the only interactions that are actually described fall very much in line with what would have been like appropriate punishment in an academic setting in the mm -hmm. era. But you, it's so implied that it's more than that, that I think it walks the line really well. It does not feel gratuitous at all. I don't feel like, it, like you said, it needs a trigger warning, but I am left with no question of just how horrific his childhood was. Yeah. And anyway, you know, his kids are really, are really awful. Like they're really terrible, mischievous little kids who pull pranks on everyone. Um, but he's very against corporal punishment even the, you know, what would be normal in his time period because he had been so terribly abused. I, it just, the whole thing was so coherent, so well done. Yep. I just really appreciated it. So he, he truly was in love with Pat. And in yes. fact, he reformed all his wild ways at like, what, 22, 23? They met very young. And... He just immediately was like, I want this woman. I'll do whatever I need to do to be with her. This is the kind of thing that we're, I mean, I'm very into it. I think Lane is really into it too. Just the guy who falls hard for his wife. Uh, and then 
after her death, he's basically been celibate because he feels like that part of him is now also dead and in the grave, right? Well, and he articulates to himself looking at other women still feels like infidelity. Mm-hmm. That, like, to him, he views himself as still married. Yeah. Even though his wife is gone. And I thought, without ever being maudlin, it was a really nice introspection. Um, like, we've, we've read some characters who truly loved their deceased partner before. And I, you know, obviously anytime a widow or a widower is involved, the love story is going to be about moving on. Right. But I thought the way he reflected on his relationship with Pat was really great. And I bought it. Yes. At the same time, I really felt like I bought his relationship with Amanda. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked the way he described it as how he realized that he had been keeping a part of him, himself numb, really, right? He didn't want to feel, like, very depressed, but he all, that also meant that he couldn't feel, like, joy. And it was on seeing how joyful she was or how happy she was really in being a governess, which I know sounds really silly, but it works in the book, okay? I, I just really liked it. He was like, that was the moment when I knew that I was falling in love again. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I actually believe this. I also feel like a lot of wi- widow or widower books try to drive home all the differences between the deceased spouse and the current partner. And while when thinking of Amanda romantically, he doesn't think of Pat, he sees in her the same rebellious nonconformity to feminine ideals, same passion for learning, same engagement with children. Like, he never explicitly thinks these are the ways they're alike, these are the ways they're different. But Laura Lee Girk is adept enough at building characters and a strong enough writer that she didn't have to default to, she's nothing like my wife. This is a different person. I'm learning to love again in a whole new way. And I'm not thinking about my dead wife. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But also not like she's going to be a replacement mom for my kids. No. Nope. So we're going to, I think, do our regular features. And then we are going to have a spoiler tag because I think we really want to discuss the ending. Yeah. And I don't think that there'll be anything in the discussion of the ending that would shock or upset you. Like, I think there's nothing that we're going to like reveal if you are on the fence about reading the book. We just want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, So content warnings. We talked about how he has child abuse in his past, but again, I don't, I don't really think there's anything too triggering unless you can't read anything about that. Yep. And then she is his employee. There is a power differential. And she has been in a situation in her past where she was someone's employee and there was a power differential and they abused it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say anything that went down between them needs a trigger warning any more than any unwanted advance does in a romance novel. But I, she is already sensitive to the potential of being taken advantage of by an employer and she is her employer. And then we've talked about this But just, (laughs) you can forgive a lot of a hero or heroine as long as they acknowledge that what they're doing is problematic. And 
they have this kiss and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. What if she felt obligated to, to do it? And she feels like she's going to have to accommodate me in order to retain this job. So just the fact that he like agonizes about it, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I like this guy, you know? Well, this goes back to like, not this specific scenario, but in general, things you'll bitch about from someone you're not attracted to and not interested in is unwanted attention. If you are into the person, suddenly it's wanted attention and that changes the perspective. I, this I book was really wa- wa- that, in that. I was thinking that exactly as I was reading this book, Lane, because I mean, you've verbalized that before and I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of true. But like Amanda thinks it, she was like, gosh, when it was this guy, it sucked. But when it's Jamie, it's hot. <laughs> it's the re- reciprocity. Y- yeah, absolutely. But the hard part is, like, you never know if reciprocity is genuine when there's a power imbalance unless you're in the heroine's head. Yeah, that's the issue. Although they do, I will say there is a long discussion of it. After. After. Yeah. Uh, and then I do want to point out that there are some examples of slut shaming in the book. So, not by either of the main characters. No, nope. This isn't like a we have to problematize our faves. This is nope. just a FYI in the book it happens. That's right. All right. Do you want to discuss the one makeout and the one sex scene? Let's do it. Okay. This this book was written by Laura Lee Girk, who does not have like a ton of explicit. I remember the first one being real hot in the hotel room. Yeah, but it was like only once. Mm-hmm. There were only like two or three scenes in the first one. And then second, same in the second one. And then um, this book has less, but it's also shorter. It's only like 18 chapters. I thought that the sex scene was extremely hot. I thought it, I was surprised at how explicit and sexy it was, especially for Laura Leaguer. That said, there was only one. I might misremember the first book as being more graphic than it was. Because I definitely felt like this was very on par for Laura Leaguer compared to the first book. I feel like the second one was like a lull. Okay. Not as a plot, but like in terms of level of explicitness. Um, I thought it was hot. Goodbye sex is not my fave. So you have to, like, let go of the she's saying goodbye. But, like, everything about it, she greets him when he gets home with a, like, I didn't say I wanted to talk. <laughs> like, it's just very. Very well, very much she's like, you're still talking. Are we going to your room or not? Yeah. And there's a couple of moments where she's like, he's doing something I'm not sure I want him to do. Oh, never mind. I, I, it was so sexy, Lane. Because. She the way she writes it, so like he does this thing. Oh, you're back. The way Girk writes it, he does this thing, and and Amanda like she writes. Amanda was a little disappointed. Was he really just going to do that? And then like two or three paragraphs later, she's like, "Oh yeah, actually, this seems like something that Amanda wants to do." You know, it was like also it's not a trope in a romance novel so much as just like a sex device. But there is a mirror present. There, yes, there's a mirror. <laughs> what can I say? These aristocrats have really nice bedrooms, and I'm glad that they get to use all parts of them. 
I just, I value creativity. Yeah. I, I thought it was really hot and really good. And his relief was so palpable. <laughs> yes. So I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought they were really sexy. And I totally got why they ended up together. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. But I mean, if we are, if we like the couple and we like the way the author is writing, I don't think you or I would ever say no to like another sex scene. Well, especially after conflict is resolved and they are on the same page. Right. Especially because in this case, so much of the spoiler tags now, I guess, so much of the the resolution and the actual conflict was like his to figure out. Yeah. I really would have liked a little bit more from her perspective when she realized she had a partner who knew everything and she wasn't going to be going it alone. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think it was poorly portrayed and I wasn't like angry at the way it happened. I thought it was really well written, but it, I agree with you that it might've been nice for him to go see her before he took any action. Well, and, like, before he brought the kids for the big happy ending. Like, I feel like I don't wish this were significantly longer. And not even before he took any action. I'm fine with him, like, impulsively punching the guy out. Mm-hmm. And that making a decision because it did change the way people viewed him. But I wish his response to punching the guy out had been explaining to his kids what happened, explaining why, and then, like explaining to her what happened and then they went to bed and then they went to see the kids yes you're right that's all i need one extra chapter and and not just because of the sex but because i really did want that like moment from her perspective i spent the whole book in her head in her struggles in her i mean logicking through being destitute but also ruined and I think I would have liked a little bit in her head other than just the moment of relief and joy. Right. Upon, like, not the end of that, because I know you want to talk about how much you like that it wasn't the solution to all of her problems. Yeah. But just the sense that it, like, that moment of not just the instant of relief, but the, like, I am actually part of another partnership and I have to put someone else's needs, not above my own, not self-sacrificing. But, like, have to think as part of a team. They never do. That's true. So let's let's talk about what exactly happened. Um, Basically, Amanda's big secret is that she was very publicly ruined by a nobleman. Basically, she was completely naked in the, you know, in the park, screwing this guy. And her boss and, like, several other teachers walked over and completely found them, like, naked. Yeah, so prior to being a governess, she was a teacher at a prestigious institution. Right. And so she not only lost her reputation, but lost her position. She lost her livelihood, yeah. Everything when she was caught um, having sex outside. (laughs) by her boss 
and some other people. Yeah. I mean, that's rough, right? And apparently she was in the scandal. Well, and I guess this kind of brings a little bit of Lady True Love. It's not Lady True Love herself, the advice colonist, but it does bring in the idea of the scandal press, which was present in the first two books. Here's the thing. I'm not going to talk about the press. Okay. I understand that what happened to Amanda was wrong. That, like, losing her reputation and losing, you know, her entire life effectively. That said, I don't think my response to finding out, not personally, but professionally, a fellow employee had had sex on work grounds during the day when coworkers and pupils were mulling around would have been like, yeah, no, that person should be fired. Yeah. Like, I get... Amanda's behavior was, like, a little worse than I was expecting, is my point. Like, I'm used to it just being like, and she had sex. And it's like, okay, I'm not, like, don't shame. That's ridiculous. Like, that's an old-timey thought process. Having sex on work property when you can be caught is still, like, a no-no and not because I'm slut-shaming. No, I I don't disagree (laughs) with you. But it's one of the things that I really liked about this book was that Laura Lee didn't go with the, oh no, she, someone, someone kissed her by force mm-hmm. and people walked in and she lost her reputation. So she was like completely in the right. Mm-hmm. I actually like that she really was a flawed character Yeah, and made some very poor decisions. And I love how she, she doesn't even try to defend herself. She's like, look, like, yes, there are, I was seduced by a man is the first time any man had ever found me attractive also she was grieving her father had just died she's like but that doesn't mean that what I did was was good oh a hundred percent I I don't think I just liked it as a character I think you find out that she wasn't just a wronged woman that she did have some culpability in her behavior pretty close to the end like you never really get back in her head after that revelation it's all leading into that Man, Amanda was such a complicated character. And I feel like once you find out just how complicated, you never really see her sit with that. Yeah, that's true. But it is one of the things I really liked about the book. And then one of the other things I also really liked is that in most historical romances, getting married to a respectable man, getting married to a respectable man is the the answer to all your questions you're going to get married and then all scandal is wiped clean and yes that's part of the fantasy of reading a historical romance but in this one the real conflict is jamie has to decide that i mean he's an mp his entire livelihood is based on his reputation Right. Well, his, it's not his livelihood. It's his not his livelihood. Career is based on his reputation. Right, but it is his his choice to be in this career that he likes very much. Yep. Is based on his reputation, and he knows if he chooses to be with Amanda, he is giving that up. So, in fact, marrying someone is not going to solve Amanda's problems, but instead is going to drag Jamie down and his sons down with him. And to me, it did make it all that 
all that more romantic that he decides to be with Amanda. How did you feel about the punch to the face? I mean, I thought it was, I actually thought it was a very complex, interesting character choice. <laughs> I'm not usually into like, but like unprovoked violence, but number one, he was provoked. And number two, he made a conscious decision. He was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go ahead and ruin my own reputation in advance. And it was a choice he made. And I really liked it. What did you think about it? I mean, I don't dislike violence the way you do mm -hmm. in general. So like, I'm, I'm not usually the one who wishes that the hit punch hadn't happened. But I agree with you. I like that he made the rash decision regardless of if she would have taken him back. Yeah, I feel like it would have had less impact if they, she, they'd agreed to work through it together and then he punched the guy out. Well, and also, I love how in the moment he was like, people are going to think that I acted without thinking, but I'm actually making a logical decision right now and that logical decision is to destroy my reputation because it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's logical, but it's also impulsive. It was, it was both. And it, it yeah. was a really great... These, this, these characters are just very coherent. It was a perfect decision for his character. Yes. So, I, I thought it was great. I really liked it. You are correct. I think that the only way this book could have been improved for what it is would have been for him to go see her alone without the kids first. Although it is a very sweet little, you know, proposal with the kids there, if you like yeah, that kind of thing. Go, sneak in in the night, talk it out, and then come back with the kids and have the exact same moment and lie to the kids and say it's the first time you're seeing her. I don't care. Yeah. I just feel like Amanda sort of ended up, this is way too harsh. But I, to a degree, I felt like the ending made Amanda a plot device in his story. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a little bit too far. It's too far. I totally acknowledge it. I just can't think of a better way to say it. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right that it, Amanda, became, Amanda became the passive character. Yes. Or the, the static character, and he became the dynamic character in that moment. I think that's certainly, that's definitely true. And I just wanted the ending to have a, like, she was so interesting. I wanted a little more from her in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I cannot disagree with that. Well, no. and, but they were so, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Like, definitely recommend it. Oh, I did too. I loved the first book in the series, liked the second book. And then I, I also really, really liked the third book. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'd love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet wherever you find plot twists.